Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. You made me watch a long kiss goodnight. All right, that was perfect. Nailed did it. it. I, did have, I did have the second one. <laughs> uh, so to those of you uh, listening at home, I'm not Mike or Allison Bobbitt. I'm Johnny Mockney, and I'm guest hosting uh, for the very special Christmas episode of uh, You Made Me Watch. And I'm sitting here with uh, my chosen guest for this episode. <laughs> Resident Michigan jackass. <laughs> Resident Michigan jackass, uh, Louis Michael. Hey, everybody. Um, hey, Mike. Hey, Allison. <laughs> Hi, Mike and Allison. Hello, fans. <laughs> we'll uh, try to not ruin your podcast. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah. You know what I find about the long kiss goodnight? It's just got a lot of dog whistles to Nazism. <laughs> Let's get into the episode and talk about how we can salute the right. <laughs> I like that, like, lending somebody a podcast, it's like the equivalent of dinging it up is accidentally referencing Nazism a little too much. <laughs> yeah, accidentally. I'm doing air quotes. No, I just feel like you and I found, uh, we're 1940s kids who found their dad's Colt 45 and now we're wielding it. Like, <laughs> Check it out. Not, not quite aware of the power that we hold in our yeah, hands. Yeah, we're just going to go see a dead body and carry a gun. <laughs> It's a um, movie podcast, right? That's fun. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. fun. Uh, they can take it, uh, this crowd, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's not ruin the podcast. Let's not ruin it. Um, so, um, I'm, no, I'm very happy to do this. And this is actually, I mean, this is a sort of a different format than what we do on my podcast, where the sort of theme here is that Mike and Allison take turns making each other watch a movie. Yeah. And so in this case, I made you watch a movie. You had not seen this movie before. I had not. Um, I picked out uh, what has become a Christmas tradition for me, I think, in the last, like, five years. Okay. Uh, And that is The Long Kiss Goodnight, a film uh, from the 90s, uh, directed by Rennie Harlan, written by Shane Black. Dude, it's fucking wild. Yeah, and you had never seen this before. Had you heard of it before? No. 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 Like, and... I will say I got like a tinge of Mike's anger. Like I get it now when like when sometimes he's like, "You fucking made me watch this." Yeah. Like, but like, uh, didn't you rewatch it? I parts of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like this movie. I was going through it last week. I was like, ah, maybe I was just like in a bad headspace and feeling like dissociative. 
like while watching this movie but now i'm like no this fucking movie makes you feel kind of nuts like it doesn't quite gaslight you but i'm like what the fuck is going on because like the tone shifts that happen in this movie are as as abrupt as the explosions (laughs) where you're like what the hell like yeah like it, it up until the point of like, I, are we allowed to get into it or how? Do yeah, we, no, okay. yeah, we can get into it. Up until the point of like the first major action sequence, not even the deer, which is jarring yeah. on itself. The deer like, scene, the incredibly violent out of the blue deer, <laughs> dude. Scene. It's like, well, it's it's like it's not just that she hits a deer and gets in an accident. She hits a deer. The deer goes through the windshield and kicks the man it's, next it's to her like, in the face. It's like hyper violence. Yeah. Also, we don't know if that guy dies. Yeah, he probably died. I, but yeah, probably, but yeah. like they don't bring it. There's so many weird. Anyways, I don't know if you're supposed to do a synopsis before we really get into it. But my gut reaction in this movie, when it was finally done, is what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like in a good way, like yeah. to the point where it's like I need to watch it again. But I definitely was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like I hadn't felt that in a while, which is something I feel like the modern cinematic world doesn't have. Oh, definitely not. My, my elevator pitch for this movie is that it's if Jason Bourne was a homely Midwestern mom, basically. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it, it's essentially Gina Davis it was found washed up on a beach but, years ago, and now she is but, a teacher and a mom, uh, and and has a boyfriend who's more like a husband. So yeah, structurally it feels yeah. like that, but it plays out like a goddamn '80s so um schwarzenegger movie yeah where it's just like it has like commando level like goofiness <laughs> yeah at yeah. times when i'm like i want my eye back right. I'm, like, I'm like what like, but there's also a very cl- i think a lot of it comes down to the shane black script for sure yeah. where there's a lot of self-awareness in shane black scripts and, yep. he's, and yeah. he's he's trying to write a comedy too. yeah yeah uh, so like a lot of the like the I mean, guy wanting his eye back. His new fucking predator was a comedy. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh boy, yeah, that's a different podcast. That's probably the only Shane Black movie I I outright dislike. I I I we'll get right back to a long kiss goodnight. But the yeah. aside on this is that's the only movie I can think of in my adult life where I was like, I will not get that time of my life back, <laughs> and I am aggressively upset. I watched that movie. Yeah. from start to finish. Uh, yeah. But if you supercut it and take all of the aliens out and pitch it as a uh, movie where men suffering from PTSD yeah, <laughs> are seeing aliens, pretty good comedy. <laughs> um, but anyways, Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, yeah, you did make me watch it, and it, it I'm all over. So yeah. I, I, I don't know how you want to sure, get yeah, into I, it. I can try yeah. to streamline yeah, this a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, so let's start. <laughs> I, I mean... So let's start about with what, first of all, like what made you kind of go crazy? Was it like, um, is it the style of the movie? Because the movie, the movie I think is really interesting. It's it's directed by Rennie Harlan, who at the time was kind of like, he was, a, he was a man of the chair for a lot of like big movies. Yeah. He directed Die Hard 2. Yep. He directed uh, Cliffhanger with Sylvester yep. Stallone. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he did um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Okay. So he, okay. you know, he was one of those guys. Did a lot of action and and some other genre stuff. And knew how to get it done. Yeah. No, he was like a dependable yeah, guy. Yeah. And I think that there's almost a bit of a. And one of the things I like about this movie, but also what maybe doesn't quite work about it, is there's a bit of a cognitive dissonance between him and Shane Black's script. Yeah. Because Shane Black is a very clever writer. If yep. you've seen Lethal Weapon, or if you've seen any of the movies he's directed besides The Predator, like yeah. uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys. Yeah. Um, but then Rennie Harlan likes to make big, dumb action movies. Yeah, yeah. And so you have this incredible, over-the-top spectacle of Rennie Harlan, but then, like... 
this sort of like crackling dialogue of Shane Black and like yeah. <laughs> and, and like these sort of like every character is a a quipper like every single yeah, one. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking wild. Like, okay, I remember the first part of of the movie where I legitimately was like, "What the fuck was that even in here for?" And it never comes up again. And it's not even like a a good point of social commentary. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, the deer scene I want to get back to. Yeah. The weird point where like the 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 dad who might or the grandpa who may get killed by the deer like drinks to like my wife's a bitch like yeah, type yeah. of joke is and after the action sequence is when they go to meet the the CIA guy that plays the he's also in uh, Wes Anderson's Rushmore as the principal. Who's that actor? You know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Brian Cox? Brian Cox, yeah. 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 Um, when they're on the road trip to go see him, and, like, they're having a conversation, and it just cuts to, like, the would-be 90s chick with big titties yeah, running. And Sam Jackson. And Sam Jackson <laughs> just, like, swerves the car. Yeah. And, like, they have a weird, terrible, like, sexism Right, like she does this whole like, uh, you know, just like, oh, great, congratulations, you got to see a woman with tits. Yeah, that must be so exciting. And, but like, instead of being like, we almost like died or something because <laughs> you did that, or like, how do you think that makes her feel? It was just a like, what do you get out of this? And right. it, and then it's just Sam Jackson being like, big old titties, because <laughs> <And then> like, <laughs> objectively, and, Sam Jackson wins the conversation. Kind of. That's the funniest part. Yeah, he's like, yeah, but like by putting her down. Yeah, like, yeah. By being like, yeah, you're prettier in the face, but you ain't got them slapper games. Yeah. Like, that's okay. That's my biggest complaint about the movie is that there's this whole thing that like, yeah, Gina Davis used to be this assassin. Yeah. Sort of like a James Bondian assassin, where it's implied she like slept with a lot of her targets. Yeah. And, stuff. and now she's. You know, she's a homely mother. And they keep referencing, like, Brian Cox has this line. He's like, you returned many years later and a great deal frumpier. Yeah. But then it's like, you see Gina Davis and she looks great. Yeah, she's, she's incredibly thin. hot. There's a scene where she's being tortured and her arms are up and she's, like, jacked. She's cut, She yeah, has great dude. arms. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah, they're like, look at it. It almost feels like the other guys where it's like, my frumpy wife over here. Right. And it's like... <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, but but uh and Gina Davis was um Rennie Harlan's wife at the time. Actually. Okay. All but right. Also like I mean a pretty big movie star. She'd already done like Thelma yeah. Louise. Yeah, and then uh had she done Beetlejuice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, man, um like one of the the, the name on the poster. Yeah, She's yeah. the lead. So um but okay, so the, that scene was just weird for me. Where it's yeah. just like, okay, like I get it and I rewound to like watch it again to yeah. be like did I miss something profound here? I'm like, right. no. Nope. Well, it's like, bizarre, too, because for a movie that I think is so concentrated in having setups and payoffs, yeah. and that's something, it, there's an establishment of the dynamic between her and Sam Jackson. Yeah, But yeah. that specific conversation has nothing to do with it. Right, it was, it was just weird, and it doesn't even come up later. Like, yeah. I thought perhaps when she became, like, femme fatale yeah. again, it would, like, come up. But it didn't. It just like it was like a, and it almost feels like going back to Shane Black's writing. Like, gee, she has a big pussy. Gee, she has yeah. a big like some <laughs> right. Predator level shit. Where you're just like, why is that in this movie? Right. But in Predator, it kind of still it's like cheeky. 
Right. And then it kind of comes back through the goddamn monster, like, yeah. using it uh, in, in a different context. And that just never came up again. Well, one thing people forget about with, with Shane Black is, like, I think what differentiates him from a lot of the people that were writing 90s action movies yeah. was it's it's that one line from Predator when Jesse Ventura says, I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah. Everyone quotes that line. They're like, that's a badass line. Yeah. But if you watch the scene, he says it, and then there's a comedic pause, and yeah. the guy looks at him and goes, yeah. huh. Like, yeah. like it's just kind of like well then like he, that's a ridiculous thing to say he also it's also followed by him immediately taking cover from a grenade launcher right where right. it's like uh, you ain't got time to plead and then poncho's like you got time to duck right and then he does because he's like oh i'd fucking die yeah. so it's like immediately like okay dumbass like yeah like shut the fuck it's up like this guy's like, just like a meathead yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then immediately is put in his place where it's like yeah you're gonna die you idiot like, right right so um so yeah that scene uh, kind of, kind of jarred me. Um, I, the the introduction to Brian to Brian Cox also has nothing to do with anything, but well, yeah, I, it always you, entertains me where he's sitting with an old lady at a table. I don't know if it's supposed to be his wife or uh, what, but he, he she has this dog that's licking yeah, his balls, yeah. and he's just like, you know, you're, the dog has been licking his asshole for the last hour, hour and it, he has this whole like whatever he I assure you whatever he's attempting to dislodge is either gone for good or there to stay. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's funny because of like his delivery. Yeah, but I. Uh, you never see that woman again. It's, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's that's... and I feel like it's supposed to be an introduction to him comedically of like this is how that man thinks. Yes, and it's like okay, but it again like it's just funny because yeah. it doesn't serve a purpose because then like his next introduction is him driving up in a parking lot like yeah. get in <laughs> and then it, it feels a little ha- ahead of its time in some ways where it's like action comedies now always have like weird digressions and that's the joke yeah like somebody yeah. gets stuck talking about something else that's yeah. unrelated yeah I'll, again if it's if it's i did that's a memorable line and i laughed <laughs> yeah. so i was like oh that's pretty good but then like it's it's like the phone rings and it's very like shut up woman i've got to go to work <laughs> and i think I also, this could just be me. Uh, I haven't been a cinephile, like, due to <laughs> due to the bug. Like, I haven't been watching a lot of new movies. Yeah. And I've been getting into, like, eh, uh, TV and writing more. But um, going back and watching movies from this era does feel like time traveling at times. Because yeah. you're just like, what? Like, this is how we made movies back then? And I remember... Like the grenade scene where they're, they're like, they're gearing up for like, this is when in the train station now. Yes. Um, They've already had like a wicked shootout. I do like the setup for that where Sam Sam Jackson, who's the private detective yeah, who's helping yeah. Gina Davis, he has the gun in his uh, coat pocket yep. and there's that setup where he sings everything to himself yep, where he puts yep, it yep. and then they establish that it's there. So when the shootout happens, she reaches into the yeah, pocket and shoots yeah. through his pocket. It's, no, it's, it's, like it's fantastic. But a couple things like went through my brain as I'm watching this scene. I'm like, okay, so we're supposed to believe the CIA just like fucking does <laughs> like a in mass mass shooting because right. they're like killing civilians left right and center yeah and i'm like okay and then i'm like the cops don't show up so i'm like and this is like meta movie stuff for me so i'm like did the cia tell the cop like local law like you're gonna get a lot of calls (laughs) we're on it like not an active shooter just a bugaboo 
but then, like, the grenade explodes, like, clownishly long. Yes. Like, it's a hand grenade, and it and firebombs a whole... just taking out the... Like, it's chasing them. Yeah, the fire's yeah, chasing yeah. Them and, then, and then they shoot the window out to, yeah. like, jump into a frozen river. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, this is 19... 80s into 90s action movie shit. And she, she takes the machine gun she's holding and, and shoots perforates the ice, the yeah. ice yeah. below them yeah. so they land and they can fall through. Yeah. Which is set up earlier when she sees a sign that says caution thin ice. Oh, okay. See, a... Oh, we did, We forgot to mention the daughter at the beginning. Oh, when yeah. she like flips the switch on the daughter and like secret agent mean talks to yeah, her. Yeah, because the daughter's trying to ice skate. Yeah, as, yeah. As, of course, this movie takes place during Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the daughter's trying to ice skate and she like falls and hurts herself and she gives her the speech like, yeah. life is pain, yeah. so why don't you stand up and deal with it, right. you know? Like, uh, kind of like a like a cynical Rocky speech. Right. Like, well, and, there's, and that's kind of your first hint that after the deer accident right yeah. in the beginning of the movie... Um, something's happened in Gina Davis's brain that right. started, and there's two coincidental things happening here yeah. because that accident happens, which awakens something, and she's starting to remember more of her past. Right, and then at the same time, since she was playing Mrs. Claus in yeah. the Thanksgiving Parade, the guy with one eye saw her on TV. Yeah, in like jail. watching alone in prison, right. and they do not even show you how this guy gets out of that right. prison. The implication is he could have broken out any time, yeah. and he just decided to because now he had somebody to get revenge against. Yeah, and <laughs> I, yeah, it was weird. Like it, yeah. but it's those are the things where when you're popcorn watching, you're like, ah, fuck it. Like yeah. it's a one-eyed villain doing what he does and it, i'm like i'm not gonna overthink that part of this movie because i'm yeah. like come on man but i will say like his terminator uh like model 1880 1886 <laughs> shotgun that like has a grenade launcher yeah it's fucking incredible like, <laughs> yeah yeah i love that they gave him, like, that hole open yeah, the wall and, yeah. then, and then gina davis takes her daughter and th- tosses yeah, her yeah. the hole into the treehouse yeah but like the, it's up. crazy and then she's like ah i gotta get in the car with the private detective and go figure this yeah. out and the the father and daughter are like okay yeah <laughs> like don't know why a man blew up our house <laughs> like i but, do like the little sort of like there's this gender flip thing where the husband does this, like, I'll be home waiting for yeah, you. Bit. Yeah, yeah. The, the wife waiting at home. Yeah. Cliche. And I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm good with it. They didn't make him a fumbling idiot, but, like... Right, he's just, like, a supportive husband. Yeah, he's like, all right, honey, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the kid. And you're that like, right. sequence, that action sequence with the one-eyed guy has probably my favorite setup and call... My, my favorite setup and payoff in the entire movie. Okay. Which is earlier in the movie, that, like, when she's starting to recollect things she's like chopping some vegetables yeah and she yeah. starts realizing she's really good at chopping them and she's yep. like oh my gosh i used to do this i'm a yeah. chef and then at one point she like throws the knife yeah like into the wall yeah and she goes chefs do that chefs do that yeah. yeah and then at the end of this action scene after she's like gotten the upper hand on the one-eyed guy in the kitchen she like punches him in the back and then she takes his head and snaps yeah, his neck breaks and his then neck. breaks his neck and then she like after and this was after throwing a cake in his face yeah so she's licking the frosting Which, off her finger yes the pie yeah. in the face hilarious it's a little pie in the face like an old three stooges <laughs> yeah it's so and, fucking funny and she's eating like the cherry pie off her finger and looks at her husband and goes chefs do that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's 
And you're right. This movie's like weirdly self-aware, but other times too cheeky for its own good. Where sure. I'm like, you fuckers, like you know what you're doing. Did you like the introduction to Sam Jackson as the sleazy PI? Where he I did. He's pretending to arrest a guy for prostitution. Yeah. But the prostitute is really his secretary. Yep. And the other cops are like homeless people that he hired. Yeah. So like one <laughs> the guy throwing up. up. <laughs> Dude, he also is like very put puts down his secretary by being like, yeah, you can't afford a hot prostitute. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, got her. And then he also has that. Um, he's like, you know, basically saying that, like, I can, you know, put you in jail where you'll get ass fucked. Right. And yeah. I'm like, and then basically, it's like, so if you're an ass fucking fan, you better keep mouthing off. Yeah. He, he's like, you, you're gonna get federally ass fucked for like. Ten. I remember yeah. it being like a pretty aggressive ass fuck yeah thing where i, was like, I showed this dude. movie to the msu film club a That's week or two ago awesome and that line definitely got like a nervous chuckle <laughs> people were kind of like huh <laughs> wait hang on are you in charge of kids now at the at the university no, level this is msu so so it's, it's did somebody students. ask you to come in or did you just you just well i'm still an msu student i'm, I'm what? technically a grad student i just have to take classes oh there. you're yeah. a grad student so I'm, I'm the vp of the club yeah. that's incredible yeah. you're, you're one of those oh man when i was an undergrad and a grad student was hanging out, i was like what's your Friend. I only do it because my friend who's a year younger than me is still the nice. president. I so. get it. Nice. Yeah. And I get to force my movies onto unsuspecting film students. Hey guys, I'm getting close to the microphone. Not the only thing he's forcing on the students. <laughs> no, I get it. This is my podcast. So we, can't, <laughs> we can't do that here. I'm sorry. Get the train back on the tracks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, other setup and payoff. Brian Cox establishes that uh, he keeps a gun in his right next to his like in, oh in his groin. yeah he's got three uh, guns because he says like when there's a pat down a man doesn't want to touch another yeah, man's genitals yeah. and then later when she's being tortured his dead body is like under the water and she reaches into that, his pants and pulls out the that gun. that was weird yeah. that he was just down there right why was he I, there I didn't get I guess that. the implication is they tortured him first oh is that it maybe okay. that's it I'm not gonna lie there I just had weird. And I, again, I don't know if it's because how the movie's like edited. The pacing it feels is like crazy. A, dream, a little bit. right, okay. Because yeah. I was watching it like later at night. I'm like, did I like fade out of this for <laughs> right. a second? I'm like, how are we here? Yeah. Because when they get to the target, that she's like, I know this guy, and then he like it. It changes so quick. Right. Where like the helicopter shows up, everyone gets knocked dude, out. Boom, she's right, being tortured. Right, and, and it's like a new is, guy, and that scene's very intense. Yeah, too. yeah. And you have that guy who's this sort of scenery chewing handsome villain. Who Which, we later find out is the father of her. Child. I was going to say, big deal here. She has amnesia, has a kid after having the amnesia, doesn't know yeah. who's the father. Turns out one of the main bad guys is yeah. the dad. And he says this horrible, depraved thing where he's just like, a woman's face never looks as beautiful as when it's being tortured. Yeah. And the scene is like not funny. It's a very intense scene. No, it's 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 weird. It's like Barbie yeah. Ken killer type of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude. Like, it's like, and so that's, I can definitely feel like tonally that's a strange scene where it's the first time where the movie's straight up saying like, no, you're not going to laugh at all. You're, yeah, you're not yeah, supposed yeah. To. It's, yeah. And it's, it again, that's what I'm saying like, Maybe you you attribute it to the writer and director having clearly two different yeah. styles, yeah. and that plays through in some of the delivery of right. shit. Because you're like, ah, this should be horrific, but it's still told with like Seinfeld level energy. <laughs> right, right. Where you're like, ah, fucking what, dude? Because like, if you've seen the movies that he's directed, Shane Black, yeah, he has yep, a much yep. drier style when he approaches, <laughs> and like also like 
think of like the last Boy Scout, yeah, uh, which is another movie that he yeah. wrote. Yeah. When Bruce Willis is just like, all right, cause you're the you're the the bad guy. Yeah, right? I'm yeah. a good guy. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be trembling. Yeah. Like like he he likes characters who are like, ah, this is the part where this happens. Right, right. Uh, which is sometimes tiresome, but sometimes like I can see it being like Joss Whedon-ish and being yeah, annoying. Yeah, but I think he does it oftentimes in a way that's like <laughs> I thought of Will Wheaton. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is annoying. Yeah, but I like them both. My bad. But yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but I no, but like um, I, I, I it makes me just wonder how he would have directed the scene and how he pictured it in his head because Rennie Harlan's directing it like this is dramatic. Yeah. this is the worst thing that's ever happened to this person. But it's yeah, I don't know, man, because that torture scene is crazy because it's visceral. Yeah, because she comes up, they're they're they've got her on this uh, water wheel. Yeah. And they're dipping her into, supposedly, it's got to be like sub-zero freezing water. Yeah. And every time they bring her up, she comes up bluer and looking more, like, close to hypothermia. Yeah. So you're right. It's like a disgusting scene. Well, and, and, and this is me getting film schooly here. Okay. But oftentimes water is used oh, as... fuck. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, water is used as a sign of rebirth oh yeah and so she was previously in water when she washed up on the shore and had her memory you know because they tried to kill her and her memory was gone and then now her she sort of gets the second rebirth where they're torturing her in this water she comes up out of the water and now she's pretty much fully charlie baltimore this person that she was before god damn it i'm so glad i didn't go to film school (laughs) everything you just said makes me hate fucking film study you're one of those guys. I don't get me wrong. Like we get like no, but it's like oh, why are they drinking milk and Clockwork Orange? Well, you see, milk is motherly and wholesome, and what they're doing is not that. <laughs> I'm like fucking. We get it, dude. Did we need a whole school for that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It could have been one I, book. No, I'm sorry. I'm this is. I'm sorry. You're right, and I'm. I'm just making a mean goof. But I would have never thought of that. But having said that, I'm ready to leave the podcast now. <laughs> um, no, okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I. It's also because I'm like I'm like self-taught <laughs> film school. Like I feel like I'm coming off like Steve Buscemi and the Wedding Singer right now. Like n- not yeah. one lesson. Um, <laughs> but. Okay, that's that's a good point, but my dumb viewing ass of this movie would have never, yeah. would have never gotten that out of this. So now I'm gonna have to go back and be like, "Fuck, man, yeah. I didn't give this movie what it would have." I I don't know. I well put, but uh, I I honestly think you're giving it too much. I, quite possibly. Okay, because I don't know if Rennie Harlan did his reading. See, that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm getting at, where I'm like, yeah, maybe, but like, yeah. also, these guys are probably like, book of water wheel torture, right? Like, right. I don't know. But, but also, it was written by Shane Black, we know it was a little more of a right. clever. No, you're yeah. right, so I'm like, okay, now I'm like, fuck, but here's the thing, now more than ever, I feel that, that, what you were talking about, the, the, um, disconnect between yes. writer and director. Yeah. Where I'm like, ah, maybe that's... Because my overall takeaway from this movie was, like, not bad, yeah. good, but, like, weird. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I can't, I can't, like, finger on my pulse, I can't tell you why. Yeah. It's just, like, the tone moves a lot. Yeah. And not to the point where I'm like, turn this fucking thing off, it's annoying, but I'm like, this is odd. Yeah. And then, um... 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't so, know. I, I think, um, and and everything you said kind of caters well to my case of why I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, the everyone knows the 90s was like the peak time for the action movie as yeah. we know it to be today. Yeah. Like, that that's kind of where it was defined, right? Yeah. You had speed, you had pretty much most of the, most of like Schwarzenegger's great movies were the late 80s and the 90s. Or the late 80s and early 90s, right? Terminator 2 was in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, Stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, Van Damme and all those guys. And this movie, like, partially belongs to that class. Yeah. Especially, like, in the action scenes and the director is a guy who did a lot of those movies. You know, it's written by Shane Black, who had proved himself to be a more clever writer with Lethal Weapon and yep. stuff at the time. Yep. Um, so, there's the, so it's, like, a little bit of what we love about 90s action movies. Yeah. A little bit of Shane Black, who loves, like, old detective, like, pulpy detective stories. Okay. Uh, there's even a reference to that where Sam Jackson's, like, watching The Long Goodbye on a TV. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Is um, that when they're in a hotel? Yeah, and yeah. It's, you see Elliot Gould in the yeah, movie. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but then also, it's just a bizarre movie outside of that with, like, the dream sequences that are, like, a horror movie. Um, and, and just, like, it, and, like, yeah, you said, like, and the clashing tones that come from that, but then also the... The clear wholesomeness to it, too. Yeah. The family, the mother-daughter story. Um, it's, uh, Shane Black once said about, like, the reason that so many of his stories are set at Christmas yeah. is that, like, at Christmas time, it makes everybody reevaluate their lives more. Lonely people are lonelier. Yeah. And, that, and that's what makes it an interesting backdrop. And I, okay. And, yeah. But then in this specific case, like, I think that makes sense in, like, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, you know... Mel Gibson feels the fact that he doesn't have a family more at Christmas time. Yeah. But in this movie, it's almost as the opposite where it makes the story of the mother saving her daughter much more wholesome. Yeah. You know? And it, and it lends it itself to like, uh, her, because the, the, the personas that she's like, Oh, that wasn't who I was. It was fake. And then they're like, well, no, you lived it as a real person. So that's in you. So you don't have to be like this hardcore, like, fucking douchey agent and yeah. like you also don't have to be like a do-good teacher you can be in a, both yeah um but like it like sam jackson has the line like call call your kid like whatever yeah. you know what I mean? um it's christmas it's christmas yeah. like she like maybe maybe show that her mother gives a shit or something like that and it's weird because you get like you get that um the wholesomeness of it but then like a few other times before like the very end and like you almost get this weird like my daughter could be a secret agent too type of shit where i'm like okay that was weird but like cool but um i like the christmas aspect to it uh i i guess you're right like I, i i would have never Man, I feel bad about the film school thing now. I'm, like, oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry, Johnny. I no, that's okay. came off like an asshole. I'm like, look at you. Hey, you hated it. Da- I paid for it. So. Well, no, but I, I, I don't, I don't actually hate it. Now I'm like, oh, I think I just hurt my friend's feelings. Oh, no, no, I uh, but no, it's. Uh, I was only a minor in it. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Did you just lie to me on a podcast? I've never. I didn't major in it. What'd I, you major in? I, I majored in English education. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, my bad. That's right. Everybody's gonna be a teacher. Um... <laughs> But okay, sorry, uh, derailing the the Christmas point again. Um, it, well, it's also weird because then there's there's like an odd Canada, yeah, uh, connection connection, and then we didn't. I don't know how much time we have, but like they also like pr- paint the president as like a wholesome president, yeah, and the CIA like this, is a bad guy. The pre- that's the interesting thing, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the politics of the CIA, yeah, because the CIA in this movie is. 
there's something about it that's very ahead of its time yeah. with how the CIA is portrayed as nefarious and basically that they are staging uh, um, they're staging terrorist attacks yeah. uh, in order to get more funding. False flag attacks. Yeah, they false flag, up, which yeah, is totally yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Uh, although it seems like it's written <clears throat> by like a 12-year-old's idea of what that yeah, is. Yeah. Where it's like we have a... We have a terrorist that we put in a car and we're going to kill thousands of people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's our terrorist attack. Where usually it's just like, hey, we're going to coerce. We have some, you know, guys that are going to coerce somebody into doing see, something and then we stop it. Crazy. And I don't want to get conspiratorial on, yeah. on the podcast. Because the truck blowing up and killing thousands sounds ridiculous. Right. But then they, like, textbook explain 9-11, kind of. Yes. And, and this it, was before 9-11. I know. Yeah. And, they, and they do pretty much, instead of a truck, use a plane. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck. Right. Like, Shane Black inadvertently aced it. Look, I don't want anybody to walk away from this thinking I'm downplaying how evil the CIA is, of course. I, <laughs> but, I feel like we should up. up I think yeah. we should up play it, of yeah. course. Yeah, no, I think I, I... And that's one of the things I love about this movie that I think is so bold. Like, especially oh. a lot of movies about CIA agents are kind of like propaganda. Like, they're, oh, they're good like guys. Jack Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like, it's all like Argo. I'm like, no, it's not. Nope. No, it is not. <laughs> Argo's um, the one story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they like, saved five people. Yeah, oh. Over a year. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they, they saved five people and uh, the diplomats got the other 47 out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about Argo. They don't, they don't tell you. Like, is the CIA is just hemorrhaging money to be like, well, we'll make a fake Star Wars to get them out. Yeah. Like, uh, diplomats are like, oh, we could just talk to the Iranians <laughs> and be like, our bad. What are you, cowards? Yeah, like, we don't fucking god damn it we'll play ball with canada um we need storyboards yeah yeah, dude (laughs) so yeah we could save argo for maybe your podcast but i i um i also want to double back i I don't know that you and i i don't want to speak for you but i i also don't know where i lie on 9-11 so that i've got mixed feelings okay i don't have one idea yeah yeah the, the, I'll save that for somebody who's spent more years one way or the other looking into it. But the yeah. fact that this movie kind of aces uh, false flag attacks. Yes. And then... He even straight up mentions the uh, World Trade Center attack yep. from previous. Well, yeah, the first one. Yeah. And But what's creepier he, is he... He says, we'll blame it on the Muslims. Yes. And I was like, And this was oh. before it was mainstream to blame the Muslims. Right. Which was, happens post 9-11. I was going to say, because this movie was released in 97? 94, I 94. Okay. I thought, it was, I thought it was 96 or 97, which means it was probably written a couple years before that. So it's like, yeah, man, like that reference was probably written in the like mid 90s. Yeah. Which is like you know it's i'm sure the the scufflings of of domestic terrorism and and uh, islamic terrorism was probably bubbling up but yeah, yeah so i don't know man the the, the fact the, the fact that they nailed it, but then also weirdly made, like, the president kind of, like, benevolent. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like, fucking CIA's pulling some bullshit. Like, right. Well, they're trying to make me look bad. <laughs> so, the movie came out in 96. You're okay, right. okay. So, um, but, yeah, the president is introduced in the scene where they're in, like, the kitchen of the White House, and he's, like, making toast. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he basically... They, they kind of... In the two scenes we get with him, he's apparently the super progressive president. Yeah. Where he's, like... You know, he's like, oh, you CIA is always asking, where's our funding? And I'm like, well, can, you know, can you say health care? Health care, So yeah. it's like, oh, so he's like big into like, you know, like, uh, um, you know, socialized medicine and stuff. Yeah. And then 
uh, in the uh, at the end of the movie, he's on the phone with um, Gina Davis, and she's like, "Well, you'll be surprised, like what a teacher makes." He's like, "I know," and I'm trying to fix that. Yeah, so yeah. like he's fixing yeah. the pay. But so that's where the movie kind of doesn't quite connect. Where you're like, most of the time, the CIA's got their grips around the president. Right. You know? I just like, I didn't believe the, like, the president standing up to the CIA. Yeah, he's like, "You <laughs> fucking clowns! Right. Like, fix your own mess." Oh, sorry, sir. Yeah, and, and the the one thing I did believe is like. There's probably so much going on that that would be like a one day conversation with the right. president, like ah, in the kitchen. This, well, yeah, like yeah. hey, we've got this like asset that might like cause some shit in like the middle of Pennsylvania or like the Pacific Northeast or Atlantic Northeast. Yeah, uh, there's there's a moment of dumbness for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where in the world is Carmen San Diego, the Pacific Northeast? Yeah, like, yeah. Huh? Um, uh, that would actually mean uh, near Kamchatka, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, sorry. Um, I do. I did want to point out like a couple things that happened yeah, in the third yeah. act that uh, that I wanted to mention that are just great. Like, I think the movie really solidifies itself as pure fantasy in the mm-hmm. third act, where you just like the, the the fight where she's like hanging on chains and fighting the other guy is great. But then like also Samuel Jackson being in the chair tied down, yeah. the bad guy's about to shoot him. Yeah. They have that moment, Regina Davis, like, we find out she put gasoline inside of this doll. Yeah. The, She's with her daughter. That, that, when does that happen? Because it's uh, so they, disjointed well, well, The first me. thing that, because she gets this, the daughter gets this doll, that's set up because the, the CIA, CIA guy wants to give it to her. Right, he's like, I'm not a monster. He's like, I'm not a monster. The girl gets a doll at Christmas. Yeah, yeah I was like, but then what? What happens is, and then after that, they're in a shootout. She's holding the daughter. They go down into this like bunker where there's a bunch of gas cans yeah and so she and then there's a moment before they're captured she looks at the gas cans and she looks at the doll but okay. we don't see her put it in okay because i remember that and that's one of those moments where th- this movie had me thinking like did i miss did i blink and miss something yeah and like it, yeah. it i remember it was almost like um, and there's like five there's five payoffs in this small moment yeah it's it's yeah. wild because this movie does what i think a lot of animes do to me and yeah. follow me here is like it does not Sometimes it overly spoon feeds and gives you like yeah. um, exposition on what the fuck is happening, yeah. and then other times it's like you'll you'll get it, right? And if you don't get it, your brain will kind of fucking fill in the holes. And that was one of them where it's like, okay, yes, like when she started squirting the gas from the baby or whatever. Yeah, I was like, sure, I, I get where how this happened, but I it was so um, it was so weird to me because I had to like go back and be like, did I miss something? Yeah. As I'm watching the movie, and then it was like, no, this just is happening. Like, yeah. Um, there's also uh, the uh, the other payoff in that scene is that the daughter keeps this these matches in her cast. To, yeah. Like, that candle yeah. that her mom left her. Yeah. Like, which that's uh, which how she lights the gas. Yeah, and it's like but, it was close to plot armor, but not quite. Yeah. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll give it to you, but <laughs> yeah. Like, no. But the peak moment here is yeah. when the bad guy is about to shoot Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Yes. Well, first he throws a knife and it lands in the chair right bet- right between his crotch, yep. right between his legs. Yep. And then the guy's about to shoot him. The bomb goes off. The explosion happens. Sam Jackson gets blown out the window on the chair, yep. lands in the woods. Some of the bad guys are in the woods. He grabs the knife from between his legs and just throws it at the dude's neck. Yeah, and like... But but then what makes it a good moment is Sam Jackson's kind of like, huh. Like yeah, he's like, like a little surprised. Yeah, like, I didn't think off. that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. They do a good job of making him believably 
not an action guy yeah. surviving in an action and he set setting. up he also gets his own setup with his son and his yep. ex-wife where you're just like his wife ex-wife is like accusing him of stealing yeah so you're like oh he's a bomb yeah like, yeah he's a low life yeah you know yeah he, he went to prison and they set it up so you think he might have gotten set up by his partner but right. then he's just like no no i stole those yeah guns. yeah <laughs> no that was that, that was actually pretty enduring for his character yeah but i was like yeah that that, that does make him likable and uh, I, I don't know if we're getting close to the end here, but I'm like, it does wrap up pretty well. Like, yeah. like the ending is kind of the truck at the end. Yeah. There's a lot of like to get away from the truck. Yeah. And then, and then uh, her daughter, her daughter gives her that speech she gave her. On the right. Ice right. And then yeah. the die screaming thing comes up where she tells the, the would be uh, CIA deadbeat dad that you're going to die screaming. I think that scene's pretty sweet where there's the guy on fire who has the machine gun. Yeah. yeah. And she like cuts the line so yeah. that his weight starts pulling her up. So yeah. then she just grabs the machine gun from him on the way up. Yeah. And it's, it's, him. it's pretty epic. Yeah. But, there's there's i have a helicopter glass moment and uh for for listeners that don't know what the hell that means because i've only mentioned it on like one other podcast it's where your suspension of disbelief is completely shattered (laughs) and for me it's when like like fucking u.s swat teams and like cops are on one side of the bridge and like there's clearly like a helicopter shooting yeah. at like an innocent woman and a child and then like somebody in charge is like ah we can't help them <laughs> like, yeah. like what like, well, i think they're also the bad guys too because like, he's like smiling he's like we understand the situation man but we can't help okay you. see that didn't like he, they're the cia oh was guys. it yeah i thought it was just the local law enforcement no i like, think the guys you like, can't shoot at canada right because like, then well then samuel jackson he drives, drives out of car right and pr- presumably takes out a guy or two right but then <laughs> but, what i don't get is like why did the guys on the ground not just kill her like right, that's why right, i'm right. like what the fuck is going on here but so there's a yeah that's true i i do love that moment because there's this running gag of like sam jackson won't die yeah and we're, we've led to believe that he might be dead and then he's in this car with this frozen fake terrorist yeah. and um, we get this music cue because there's that setup how he sings da, what he's da, doing. Da, 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 it's, da. it's Manish Boy that like yeah, the, yeah. Down, down 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 and it's like when she's on this walkie talkie asking for help you hear that he hears it in the car yeah and he like rises up into frame and yeah. the music goes down 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 down, down. Yeah. it's like his theme yeah uh, and he has that whole like you can't kill me motherfuckers <laughs> dude it's a it's a the purest Samuel Jackson moment I've dude, ever seen he also <laughs> looks grotesque he looks disgusting like, it he looks like he's right on the edge they, he's they, got blood yeah. just like they do a good job of making him look like <laughs> red at the end of yeah. uh uh fucking what is it uh the the, the stoner movie pineapple express yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. he won't die but it's like yeah dude i remember that was at the end of the movie when he's like talking i'm like dude hair and makeup nailed him yes. looking dude like bleeding out to death is grotesque so the last yeah. two things i wanted to mention because yeah. i know we have to wrap up uh, I think more than pretty most, because there's a lot of Christmas movies that we have to make a case for them being a Christmas movie, yeah. like a Die Hard or a Lethal Weapon or something. I, I think this one I can make the best case for because I feel like it has the most overt Christmas atmosphere in it. You know, with okay. the imagery and the, the music. Well, yeah, and everywhere they're going. I think here, here's what um, I'll make a case for all non-conventional Christmas movies. Yeah, the f- anytime you 
uh, add action to a Christmas movie, right, right. people immediately are like, it's not Christmas! Like, Christmas is about family and love and not gremlins! And you're like, no, I mean... People just get upset with like, don't fucking gremlins up or shooty kill my Christmas energy. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, man, Christmas lends itself to storytelling of all yeah. different genres. Um, and an action Christmas movie is still a Christmas movie and an action movie. And yeah, this one does a great job of... of um, it's not even shoehorned. It's like, no, this is taking place during Christmas. And it feels right in the story. Yeah, and yeah. it comes back to it a lot. Like yeah. The climax ends on Christmas Eve. Right, Like, right. that's the final, yeah. Right, and, uh, like, the fact that she's Mrs. Claus and, like... That's the catalyst yeah, for the story. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, there's, like, a lot going on here. Like, she's Mrs. Claus because she's a teacher in the town that every guy... It's hilarious that everybody's like, I'd fuck Mrs. Claus. Like, <laughs> right, right. They say that. It's basically sad. That was uh, my friend, Mary, who's the president of the MSU Film Club. Her kind of criticism was she thought there were too many references to how hot Gina Davis was. I mean... Gina Davis was attractive. <laughs> right, 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 also, yeah, I'm yeah. like, come on, fucking watch a Transformers movie with Megan Fox sure, and right, tell me right. people are like, whoa, dude, like, yeah. is that your girlfriend? Like, right, right. Like, also, keep in mind this was directed by her husband, so he was like, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like my wife? It's Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other last thing I wanted to say was I think uh, a lot of the needle drops in this movie are really good. A lot of good yeah, song choices. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. You got that. There's a bit with um, uh, Lady Marmalade. Yep. Uh, yep. There's that. My favorite sequence is I think when she's like, uh, we see her in the shower and then she like totally redoes like her hair and everything. Yeah. Uh, she's not there. Yep. Is playing yep. and that's yep. a great moment where yep. like it hits the chorus right when she like shuts the mirror door and we see what the reveal of what she looks like yeah and, yeah a lot of good moments like that hey, also sam jackson chooses not to have sex with her yeah and he's like what the fuck is this normal. like go be a loving mom and teacher she's like god damn it <laughs> i was yeah. like it's like yeah this movie will shock you uh it, it, it it's all over man i've drawn uh, some funny parallels between this and captain marvel and that they're both movies about samuel jackson trying to help like an ex-soldier regain their memory all right. uh, and this one's just so much better yeah i haven't seen captain marvel <laughs> mainly because uh sorry this is the tangent point i i like marvel movies but like god damn it man there's like a fuckload of them. too many yeah <laughs> like i was like after uh iron man 2 i was like i <laughs> and then i saw the avengers because you have to and by the way i think thanos was right but <laughs> like, i kind of after infinity war i was like all right good good series yeah <laughs> like uh, oh there's another one uh <laughs> like good guy won um but okay no i uh the long kiss good night i don't get the title that is the one thing I there's don't like get. There's like one reference to it. So early on she is says... Is there a titular moment? Well, there's a... Early on she says like, oh, to my old identity, I've kissed it goodnight. Oh. So there's that. So it's like the whole movie is her kissing goodnight to this, this like making closure, I guess. Okay. With who she used to be. Also, it's kind of a reference to like old detective movie titles because like I said, they watched the long goodbye. Okay. That, that yeah. makes sense. A la Die Hard when he smokes. Yeah. It's old habits die hard. But yeah. he, but he never says it. He just says old habits. I think something like that. Does he? I don't even remember. I think that. I think something along. Somebody oh. says old habits. Okay. And I think it's the only reference to a titular moment. Yeah. Uh, which I will. I have to shoehorn this in. If you don't think Die Hard is a fucking <laughs> Christmas movie, it's up there with Gremlins and now a long kiss goodnight. Yeah. Christmas movies. I just don't. I I don't have. 
and the like who argues about what can qualify as what kind of movie like I, I just don't again i think i think people are going <laughs> for more of theme over setting right where christmas can be a setting but the theme of a christmas movie but then my simple disagreement with that is everything you ever see in a story is yeah. a choice made yeah. by the artist yeah so i think to give any artist the benefit of the doubt you have to assume there's a reason they chose christmas sure there's something sure. about this it's not just willy-nilly a lot right. of people put thought into this right yeah. and yeah man like again uh yeah, I, we, we, you, you've nailed it. I don't need to keep reiterating <laughs> it. I just wanted to shoehorn in a uh, Christmas tradition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, I can't remember if I've told you this off mic. I don't know if you have. Well, but, I don't know. But yeah. it's my brother and I's Christmas tradition. I don't know if Reddit and the internet has stolen it or done it, but we start an episode of Family Matters, and we <laughs> wait for Carl Winslow to leave to go to work. And you watch Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, watch yeah, Die Hard, yeah. And you watch Die Hard. And then when Die Hard's over, you finish the episode of Family Matters, <laughs> and it just makes Urkel's shit all the more annoying. Right, right. Where you're just like, God damn it, Carl's had a day, Urkel. Yeah. Like, don't. But, uh, so no, I, I will make the argument that um, action-style shoot 'em up Christmas movies, still Christmas movies, and Long Kiss Goodnight, definitely worth a watch, especially if you're kind of... Uh, Kind of over the the monotone Hollywood that is out right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going back two decades, you're like, holy shit, we did some weird shit, and it yeah. worked. So, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad I could introduce you to it. Thanks, Thank man. you so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm glad you made me watch it. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> time back yeah. in. And, uh, thank you to the fans of this podcast for listening to these two, two guys uh, that you're probably not used to. Uh, yeah, sorry if we messed up the flow of your RSS feed. Right. This is not... This is now, uh, this is now a, like a, a, a CIA theories <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't Mike, Mike, Mike and Alice are coming back. They're coming. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. Yeah, they're coming back. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys.